tea evenings with Thomas. Nice. Cheers. Cheers. Good to have you. Thank you. Salud. Salud. Sa Salud in Spanish means health. It's like you're cheering for health. Physical, mental, spiritual, spiritual, energetic health. So uh, maybe it's nice to start with three deep breaths. We already just did some shaking. Mm -hmm. Anyone that likes to pause the podcast now and shake a little bit with us before we continue, mm -hmm. you can do it now. Otherwise, we can head straight into some really nice grounding deep breaths. So might as well start guiding you as well. We can close our eyes for a little moment. Start paying attention to your breath. Maybe subtly listening how it sounds in the back of your throat. Let's exhale with a full inhalation. pause and let it go another deep inhalation pause and sigh it out another deep inhalation hold sense I am, that sense I exist, and maybe that sense is there with a slight spark of excitement for what's to come in the next moment, so let's welcome it all, and I've already prepared actually my first question, so maybe we can open our eyes in a moment and you can answer this question that I have for you, which is... <coughs> Famous words for Ramana. Who are you? <laughs> mm. I think that was the answer. I think the answer of that question was the silence just after the question, you know. I love it. Um there's a great talk of Alan Watts. He's talking to his students. And then at some point, he's talking about the nature of the self all the time, that what we are not, right? We're not this, we're not stuff, we're not our bodies, we're not our mind, and what we are. And then at the end, uh, one of the students, when the class finished, and say, okay, you talked about what we are not, but what we are. Mm. And then Alan Watts has this big gong, you know, in his in his classroom, and he grabbed the 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 little thing to make the gong sounds and bang, and then he leaves, you know. Mm. And that was also the answer. Um, so I think ultimately there's no answer for that because any language will be, I guess, restricted mm -hmm. to the finer or vast, extensive, expanding, boundless, true nature you know but but we can play you know with words 
this is this is what we do when we're studying non-dual philosophy. This is what we do when we when we study spirituality or non-dual tantra or anything related with that. Is is just plain, I feel, you know, with words and with language, using language as technology, as an attempt or art, you know, art, films, music, poetry are attempt to to talk about the 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 deep answers of the deep questions like mm. who am I? Mm. Because the, the, we play. There's, there's no, there's no an ultimate answer. Every answer would be a, a restricted answer if we use language or anything, right. you know. So, yeah, we play, and, and ultimately, when we study, we read Vedanta, Tantra, Yoga, saying we are everything. We are God. We are consciousness. We are Shiva. We are the absolute. Um, but that answer also comes from a from from your rational understanding using language of, of something very compressed, something very individual. Mm -hmm. You know the answer of the, the cool thing about that question is that there is no answer. Mm -hmm. You know what comes to mind when we speak about this and when I hear your answer, everything resonates so much. But um, why would we even want to inquire into this question mm. if there's not even an answer? Right. I'm gonna pause for a little moment to make sure. We have the second audio. Um, nice. <coughs> yeah, so but why why would we want to try to answer a question that apparently the only answer would be silence? Mm. What, what is it going to bring us? I have an idea, well, but maybe you can... Well, from another perspective, you can say, what is the point of the answer? If What is the point of the question if there is an actual answer? If there is an actual answer, the question would be meaningless you know would mm -hmm. be worthless the question of ramana maharashi wouldn't be so famous if you wouldn't have an answer for it you know that's the point of the question is like it invites you to to explore into the nature of the self right and let's bring this the down let's bring down this into practicality because we can talk about okay there is who am i you know i'm silence i'm nothing i'm everything i'm I'm Buddha's nature, I'm Shiva, I am whatever, you know, um, I'm God, I'm pure consciousness. Um, but at the end, uh, if you bring this into practicality, I guess these outstanding teachers were, were asking that uh, for us to put it in a place to start investigating about this. And the investigation involved experience. And the experience normally um, is what we integrate as spiritual knowledge beyond words, you know, the words, the knowledge, the poetry, the mantra, the yoga, just tools for, for, for the experience of the self or the nature of reality, right? Some people use plant medicine for that. Some people use meditation. Some people do tantra for that. Some people use spiritual wisdom for that. And one, that question is somehow open a door for, for that possibility. Mm. You know, and, and it's a beautiful gift, you know, from Ramana Maharashi to ask that question. It's a gift because, wow, a new door open. Mm. I don't have the question, but I have access to this realm of possibilities, mm. you know. And then in that path, you might figure out something. And then another answer may come and another answer may come. And then you will struggle and then you will realize maybe something interesting that what the tantrics and the yogis were saying that we suffer because actually we don't know the true nature of reality. The true nature every of the time we have an answer it's not it exactly exactly so the cause of suffering from that perspective from the yogic perspective the tantric perspective it is ignorance it is avidya not ignorance that you haven't read enough books ignorance is is you don't know who you are because if you knew who you are 
most of the suffering that you have, which is mind-created, self-created, mental-based, based on your mental construct of reality, it would dissolve in meaningless. Right. You wouldn't suffer at the point that you're suffering or a society is suffering. So I know, I know you've been schooled in this, uh, in traditional schools, and you've been teaching this in uh, Bali. Um, and I know the word ignorance, when I just started seeking it, I didn't really understand the word. It can sound a bit harsh, as if I'm choosing to be ignorant. Yeah. But maybe you can explain a little bit what ignorance really is, when it we are, don't know who we are. What is this ignorance we speak about? We're not talking about ignorance like you didn't went to university, so you're ignorant, or you don't, you haven't read the last new of the New York Post, therefore you're ignorant. Or it's um, not like you don't want something, right? It's not like you make too little effort, and that's why you're ignorant. It's exactly. Not like a bad thing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not necessarily. It's not necessarily in that sense. We're talking about spiritual wisdom. You're there, there's 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 you haven't you you're not or we are not aware enough to certain spiritual wisdom that can open ourselves to possibilities to understand. And when we understand, we get this more intimate connection with reality, a more dance. We don't feel separated from reality itself, from other people. And this is this is important thing because for me, all of these things that we're talking right now may sound very fluffy, very in the clouds, very spiritual for some people, but for me, it doesn't make sense if it's fluffy and in the clouds. It needs to be practical. So if you think about it, the moment that I have been suffering the most is when I feel disconnected from my body, disconnected from other people, disconnected from my family, from my community, disconnected from my sense of purpose. So I feel separated. And, and this is not something that you necessarily need to read to figure out. People might understand that, yeah, we, when we feel disconnected, we feel, we feel bad about it. There's something, there is something that doesn't feel aligned, that doesn't feel right. But, you know, when you feel deep, deep connection with why you are here in this earth, a deep connection with an union on, with, with your partner, with your friends, with your community, with your career, there is a sense of, like, ease. Mm. There is a sense of integration. Things coming to in, in a place, you know, things are making sense. Wow, this is connected with this and this is connected with that. This connection is what yoga means, you know? So it's practical. It's like when you tap into, when you integrate that wisdom, when you integrate that knowledge, you feel like ah, the sense of peace, mm. the sense of ease. And ultimately that peace is bliss, you know, in the core of yourself. It's like that, that, that part of you which is like, ever peaceful and ever blissful because you feel connected you feel integrated and and there's meaning on your life mm -hmm. there's meaning because you are part of these interconnected systems like you tr and you're trusting the divine intelligence of the universe that keep your heart beating so the issue is like not many people dive deep into these topics because they're too busy or too distracted by what whatever the modern lifestyle is 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 giving you, you know. They already don't believe that it could give them anything. Again? They don't believe that it could give them anything. Yeah, or, or it doesn't spark the interest. It doesn't spark it seems interest. too fluffy. It, it doesn't seem like anything that's not outside of you uh, could give you pleasure. It feels like you need to go to external things, to relationships, to the movies, to the money, right. to feel good. Right. If we never tasted how it feels to actually feel this intrinsic bliss, All right. why would you seek for it? 
Yeah. I, I didn't believe it in the beginning. Yeah. It seemed impossible for me. Yeah, and yeah. people, it's not, it, people, some people don't believe on it, but also I would say people are not, haven't been, many people haven't been, they're too distracted, you know, and I, mm. I am going into that place sometimes, and I've been there, like, pretty much all the time of, like, what is next, you know, to accomplish in this life, you know, what my parents told me, what society is telling me that I need to do for, for them to be happy, for me to be happy. You know, what is next and what I need to achieve, as you say, in the external world for me to provide me happiness. And that's the thing. You will never find peace if there's unlimited problems in the world and you try to resolve them all, you know, internally as well. So what is next? What is next? That's a limited hamster wheel. You know, and then you realize, well, what if I, instead of, rea- instead of trying to resolve all the problems on, of the world, of all the problems within me, or trying to satisfy my next need or my next desire for fulfillment and happiness, what about I realize the fact that, yeah, there's no problems and there's no, there's no desire to be fulfilled. There is like something that I can access right now, a part of me that is, that is absolutely fulfilled and that is like in total peace regardless of the circumstances around. And also the circumstances in my own self, you know, is like, what is next? What is next? What is next? Desire, money, sex, uh, achievement, career and everything. Um, so, so I think it's, it's, a, it's a change of perspective. You see, ignorance is not necessarily studying more stuff or studying more spiritual wisdom, but it's, it's a change of perspective. It's mm-hmm. literally start to looking inwards, like how I can tap into my inner peace that I already have, right? It's quite simple, actually, as well. I feel it's it's ex- I think extremely simple. I, 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 I heard this quote from one of my favorite teachers the other day, and I think it sums it, the whole spiritual journey up in one sentence. Maybe you can shine your light on it as well. Um, the meditation is uh, a full yes to life, a full yes to whatever there already mm-hmm. is in this moment. I'm uh, paraphrasing. It's from Adi Ashanti, mm-hmm. but for me that deeply resonates because sometimes it can feel like we we only uh, have found what the spiritual journey should bring us when we are in alignment and in bliss. And I think actually when we are totally out of alignment and we have maybe been doing things that we regret and we are walking around with also things that we don't like, Mm -hmm. if we can actually step one little piece behind it and get that helicopter view and actually see like, but can I actually also be okay with that? Mm -hmm. I feel that's for me like the, the... the yes to everything or, or if it's good like even also also yes not a bigger yes or a smaller yes good or bad is tremendously overrated in our modern society right. i think it's like this is good this is bad or oh, making more money is good or having this is good oh this is bad oh you're feeling sick is bad mm. you know this is th- th- like this is a story of i think i don't remember which philosopher was telling this story about the guy who, who had this kid and they live in the with their farm and suddenly um, they have they have one they have two horses and one day one horse disappeared and everyone's like oh such a bad luck this is something bad that happened to you you had two horses now you have one horses you know one horse and then the guy say well let's see let's see what happened uh, beyond good and bad right beyond right or wrong 
and then the horse come back with another five horses. Oh, you such a good thing that happened to you. Amazing. You're so lucky. Well, God is blessing you. Life is blessing you. Uh, and the guy, well, we'll see. And that's called mental equanimity. You know, that's a spiritual concept that's very, very powerful that uh, in the yoga is being used a lot. It's called mental equanimity that you, that you create that perspective mentally on events. Um, and then suddenly the, the kid was playing with one of these new horses and then he fall from the horse and he break his ankle, you know, uh, oh, such a bad thing that's happened to you. Your curse or all the crap that people right. say. Because of the village obsessed with his men, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, and the guy say, "Well, we'll see," you know. And then the country go to war, and the army come to pick the kid, the the kid to go and fight. But then when they see he's injured, we say, "We're not taking your kid," you know. He's not going to war. He's staying with you. And all the other people come back and say, "Well, they took they took my kid, and they didn't take you. You're so lucky." Like such a blessing he fell from the horse. Mm. So this is a very simple example to understand that we don't know shit. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know much, you know, and the only thing that left to us, I feel the only invitation is, is to trust, you know, to trust and using that mental equanimity and trust that that everything is the way that it's supposed to be. And and we're called to participate on this and to learn from this process, right? I love it. I love it. I, I really want to dive more into all these philosophical matters. Um, but I'm also interested, actually, uh, for people that don't know you, I would like to ask the question again, who are you? But down a very three-dimensional <laughs> Practical, <level>. grounded <laughs> way. Well, I, um, not, I wouldn't say more grounded. It's both through right. multi-dimensional right, answers. Right, right, right. So, so let's play. Um, so my name is Sebastian. I was born in Chile, in the yes. Chilean Patagonia. Um, and I have been, I think I born some kind of uh, philosopher somehow. You know, I, I always wonder these type of questions, you know, the, what you start asking me, who am I? Um, it comes pretty natural to me, and and I was fascinated about philosophy from the very beginning. You know, my my family are like there's a lot of martial artists, and Bruce Lee was very present. The movies and the posters of Bruce Lee everywhere. Um, my dad is a black belt, and and always the philosophy of Bruce Lee of understanding life through martial arts really really powerful, really resonate with me. There's some Buddhist books on the on the house, and I was reading Buddhism, fascinated about that. You know. Since very kid, I would remember watching the sky, watching the stars, and trying to understand the concept of infinite. So my teacher in science class say, like, the, the, the universe is infinite. What is that? What does it mean to be infinite? And I remember staring at the sky between the stars, like, what is that black? Where it finished? Like, for hours. Um, and then, of course, I finished school. I studied something that I was meant to study. <laughs> Uh, economics and business and stuff like that and then after a couple of years working on that I realized that that there's so much more that I was called to explore to dive deep and so on and the call for that the call to adventures for that um, we were talking about before about the hero's journey mm -hmm. my call for the adventure 
it was actually physical symptoms. Mm. You know, I was feeling, I didn't understand why I was feeling like that. You know, many health issues, uh, digestive disorder, anxiety, depression, all at once at some point. It was very, very intense. Suffering, really. There was a moment that I was thinking that why, what, what's the point to live my next 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years of my life like this? It wouldn't, it wouldn't have a point. Mm. It was never really si- uh, suicidal talk, uh, thoughts, but I somehow was, I was having these weird, weird thoughts that there's, there's no much meaning. Mm. And then, and I'm sharing this because I know many people experience this. Mm. And you start to feed that, like, oh, there's no meaning, there's no meaning, and then, and and, and you're feeling like sick, and then like you're a mantra, feeling almost. exactly, and it's car- that's that's become your reality you know there's just just everything is just shed around everything is just difficult everything is just challenge um and then you go to your cave to your cave to your cave you create more separation from everyone i didn't want help or anything like that so i was like and at some point that was i i i received some some a couple of books that i read and i remember was like oh this is interesting maybe something i not I haven't explored yet and then I went to the journey of Ayurveda, of yoga, of meditation, of Tantra, that mm-hmm. led me to start traveling, to go to India, to Nepal, uh, yeah. to Thailand, where I would spend like years. Um, then I ended up in Bali living, as you said. But yeah, in that places, it was some kind of a journey within, but a journey also outside of trying to find healing, mm-hmm. of trying to find truth, questions, answers for all of these questions trying to find a happiness somehow mm-hmm. you know it's like it's, it's possible to be happy mm. I, I didn't have access to that it was like i i i'm not happy i'm what, definitely why did you I'm first start piercing through that like as, because we also we need some kind of fuel to to continue with the spiritual journey we need that first glimpse of something deeper blissful profound magical do you remember what what really there was a few was the points. Catalyst? There was a few points. It's interesting what you say because in Tantra they call it Shaktipat, which mm. is the moment that you are somehow initiated by life into the spiritual path. Right. And there's like definitely certain moments of, of wow, this is there is something here. And yeah, probably one of the one of the main calls I, I feel that I, I got different messages through through my path, but one of the main calls was when I was in India, desesperated for answers, desesperated for healing, desesperated for happiness. I met one of my teachers and I remember he saying just a couple of words. Um, there was a lot of words he's saying, he's teaching, but there was, I remember a few times there was like something, I felt something shift in my brain. Mm. I literally physically shift, felt the mm. shift. And, and then integrating all of that wisdom through practice, especially specifically meditation practice, I start like, wow, I'm, I, now I can, I can see life with a different lenses. It's literally like putting glasses and everything looks different. Wow. Um, like an Instagram filter, you know, you have a photo, you put an Instagram filter, wow, everything looks more beautiful or different or more deep or whatever it is. I felt that. The remembrance, right? Even right now when you say it, like I, I feel that remembrance. Yeah. What's the filter? Well, you can put a nice filter. Yeah, exactly. It reminds you of it. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And 
yeah, one of my teachers also say like, we're full of mental construct, societal construct of our brain, in our brains, you know, why not to use a useful mental construct that is based on a spiritual wisdom that can help you to, to tap into freedom, to tap into uh, your true nature, your essence nature, mm. you know, and, and mantras, yoga, philosophy can serve you some kind of a, as a mental construct, as some structure for you to start exploring and then the experience itself will teach you, you know, this is what makes you a modern mystic, you know, a, a modern spiritual seeker is you're using all of these things as tools. Mm. Then you tap into something and that's experience. You cannot even explain that, mm. you know, have you been with people or that's happened to you that some people ask you like, oh, what's that for you? Who was the meditation for you? Who was that plant medicine for you? Who was that breath work for you? And you say, I have no words for that. No, and it's sometimes also like sometimes in the moment the experience is so alive and so it brings so much insight, but it's almost like it shifted something but you cannot recall it. So mm. no, it's like I, I like if you want to try to feel into it again, you you can remember it, but it it won't never do justice. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But it shifts yeah. something, right? You it's like a deep knowing that can come from these. Experiences. Yeah, you feel it viscerally. Yeah. It's not something that oh this is interesting. No. No, it's a visceral thing. Is is you know not only in the in the physical brain where many people think the mind is. You know the mind is everywhere. You know right. you feel it within everywhere. And and the 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 part that sometimes I see in other people is and I saw in myself is like your mind is so distracting a lot of crap. Mm. that you don't give yourself the permission to access that because many people who are listening to this I'm pretty sure about this I'm gonna make a little bet some people are thinking this resonates a lot with me oh my god these guys yeah that happened to me I feel it I felt that I'm feeling it this is and some people are like what is this crap maybe they already stopped this podcast time ago it's like <laughs> when I start answering who am I it's like okay this is bullshit mm. um, not even giving you the permission to potentially access to an aspect of yourself which is ever blissful. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Mm. It's just the permission. It's like opening a space to a potential, to yeah. a potentiality. Um, and this is what many of these tools give to you. You know, It's like you need to be somehow willing and open for that. Mm. When, Otherwise, you, when you speak about these tools, it's a lot of tantric tools. Mm -hmm. Because you, like, you come from tradition of Tantra mostly. Mm -hmm. I, I know you don't limit yourself to anything, but um, yeah, I would like to hear you also speak a little bit about Tantra. Mm -hmm. I know uh, when I shared it, I was at the Tantra festival, which is maybe not the same Tantra uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you've been schooled in, but I never had so many DMs of people that wanted to know everything about Tantra and what the hell happens mm. there because people have their ideas about yeah. Tantra. So you came from a Tantric tradition what are these traditional tantric tools and maybe also what do people need to understand about this tantra what's a little bit different well, than what I, they might imagine. i think i come from the womb of my mother more than the tantric tradition right. <laughs> or from the source or whatever it is sure from my parents uh, is tantra is just a path that i have been interested especially interested for certain things and especially called to uh i'm definitely not limited to that um, I think Tantra is just another tool, another practice, another bunch of texts, another bunch of meditations, another bunch of 
of spiritual wisdom that address basically the same of, of many other traditions. However, summarizing Tantra in a few words, it, it started as a spiritual movement, uh, is a non-dual system, is a non-dual uh, spiritual system uh, that, that literally means an instrument to expand. And this is something I always say, which is interesting um, difference, cognitive difference between the word yoga and Tantra. Even though there's no Tantra without yoga, and for me there's no yoga without Tantra. However, uh, yoga is about union, right? Every yoga practitioner would know that, you know, to join, to put together, to connect, to I join. I every yoga practitioner knows that. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of them. Uh, and, and Tantra is the instrument to expand. Yeah. So it's the same. Right. Yoga is talking about connection, oneness. Tantra is expansion, oneness. It literally means expansion, right? Literally an, instru an instrument to expand. And then right. you can find your, your, your own understanding of it. What does it mean? Um, the key point here is though, you start already whole. The starting point in Tantra is like you are an enlightened, complete, whole being, perfect as you are. There's, there's nothing wrong about you. And from that, from that starting point, the, the instrument of expansion is like through 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 the spiritual teachings and through the practices you have an opportunity to expand that sense of self and why this is this is practically helpful for a meaningful expanded happy authentic life because I don't see myself separated from you anymore it's like, what the hell, this guy, you know, Thomas, he told me this. I'm pissed off against him. You know, I'm living and I love like society, all this economical system. I hate that. I don't like that. I don't like that pointing everything with my fingers. But we forgot that every time we point something or someone with our finger, there's three fingers pointing back at you. Mm. You know, it's like, hey, bring your awareness back to mm. you. You know, um, so the instrument of expansion is a practical, is a very, very useful way of navigating life because how would you feel, and this is whoever is listening right now, how would you feel if you would see yourself in everyone and everything? And if you understand that you are a complete whole divine being, God, God you call it, or pure consciousness or anything, what if and how would be, and ask your question, even if you are very skeptical about this, how would your, how your life would look like if you can see yourself as a divine being and you can see yourself in everything and everyone, you can see the divine in every single human being, even the president of your country that you hate, even your worst enemies even that people who create so much harm to others. That's love. That's unconditional love. People like to talk about love like it's just something like, oh yeah, I'm just romanticizing someone. But love is that energy of connection, you know? And, and you, you live in love with, in a romance with the existence mm. you know i i love you and i love this person i love the existence and mm. and there's love and be, behind love though there's understanding there is a core understanding of 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 reality you know i understand 
and with a deep sense, visceral understanding of spiritual understanding, which is about union and connection and integration, then the only thing that left is love, you know? And, and even if you're mean to me, I, I see that. And of course, my affect me emotionally, but then it's like, well, who's really being affected? You know, you, who you, you are in, in Advaita Vedanta, you know? Mm. So you love this type of question. Mm. Oh, it hurts me. Who is being hurt? <laughs> totally, totally. Who is being hurt? Well, not ultimate, my ultimate definition of me, you know, is just a, a self-construct ego is being hurt. Then when I understand that, it's easy to let that go. Totally. I have to think of um, uh, a quote that has been really resonating with me lately from the Ashtavakra Gita, um, which is one of the ancient old scriptures. And... Um, it goes like this, look, uh, uh, look closely at cloth, you see only thread, look closely at creation, you see only self. Mm. And I think that this quote can be very abstract, but if we actually really look what it means, it literally tells us like, you don't see anything that's apart from you because everything you see is the inside of your own mind. Mm. And when we start seeing that we are only looking at the inside of our own mind, so even I'm looking at you, but I'm actually not looking at you, I'm still looking at the inside of my own mind. Mm. How can I, so everything I would um, not like of the inside of my own mind is I am in resistance to my own reality, mm. my own dream. That's for me what oneness is about and to see, to see also when you look at the, I love these old quotes, there's so much wisdom in, in the Ashtavakra Gita, but also for example, Rumi, um, he says, when two lovers uh, meet each other, finally meet each other, uh, no, two lovers don't finally meet each other, they have been in each other all along. Mm. It's when two people meet each other that are both loving the inside of their own mind mm. before they love each other that's when real union is created that's that's True, that, then you create the deepest intimacy yeah yeah in a friendship so in a in an intimate relationship yeah that's so powerful because that's a call for us to to create the discernment when you feel something for someone is like oh he is going to be you know you know the complex of jesus that you ex you you <laughs> you somehow project Jesus as the savior, you know, the archetype of Jesus, mm. but somebody who going to come and save you, mm. somebody going to come and help you and finally heal you, or, or somebody going to feel some of your needs. That's why you're not feeling complete right now, but this person is going to make me happy. This person is going to make me complete versus I love myself and I see myself there. And this is like a real true connection, you know? It's Jesus like, is also pure non-duality in that sense. When you literally translate what Jesus said about heaven, literal translation of the language he used is sky, consciousness, mm. open consciousness that's not clouded with identification with thought. Just mm. like in Buddhism, the, the open sky in which thoughts pop up, uh, right. uh, which can um, block us from seeing right. the sky, but the sky is always behind us and we are that sky yeah yeah i love what you say about when you see something that bothers you or piss you off because i like to bring this into a very practical thing right. thing that like right. people nice. might be listening but also that's happened to me often it's like things piss me off every day i mean i, I feel <laughs> scared every day i feel angry every day uh -huh. i feel all of that you know it's right. like 
Um, we're just playing to here to talk about like the ultimate truth of the universe and somehow we have been getting a glimpse of that potentially but I mean we're still human and I and, oh. I, and I and I know I have a lot of mental based suffering a lot of work to do so it's important still. to yeah yeah of course yeah. and and but but I don't see I don't see something as a goal I have some oh I hope one day I will be liberated from all of this because that that hope you know it's like you're projecting a future case and everything is going to be fine but everything mm. is fine now with my struggle totally. you know because my struggles are my perfect allies you know totally. it's like my the messages the divine messages for me to understand certain things and that's the point of being in the embodied form is navigating through that otherwise what the hell are you doing totally. here the, <laughs> right? the, one, the one that hurts you is actually your angel yeah your trying master trying to show you something so when you say that whatever pisses you off, whatever bothers you, is somehow is a part of is, is you are you are is a you are against a part of yourself. Mm. You know, you are with you're resisting this word that you use a part of yourself, and this is this is super important because, especially nowadays, living in a very this is what I noticed very hateful and and easily pissed <laughs> society especially from the rise from with um, social media you know that everything that you can post right on social media can hurt somebody potentially mm. and and then you need to choose if you are pro this against this you know republican democrat dem- democrat vaccine pro vaccine anti or whatever um and there is a whole fight you know it's like naval ravikan says like there is monkeys throwing feces to each other you know and somehow you're in that part in that mess mm. um is basically being against of, you know, the universe. If you're resisting anything that is out there. Right. Um, the other day I was mentioning that from the tantric perspective, I was, I mentioned that okay, everything is perfect. Everything is perfect the way that it is. People got very pissed at me, because like how you can say everything is perfect while there's so much problems, and suffering in the world. And fair enough, you know. Well, that um, reaction is also perfect. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, but that, I think that's also when we start to penetrate through, when we want to penetrate Absolutely. through the paradox of perfection, then we need to see that, like, when even that pisses us off, then, okay, there's also perfection in that I am getting pissed off right now. Yeah, yeah, in the resistance itself. Yes, but, but it, it's like it's like we learn a different way of looking because we start to see, like, with, we think we are pissed off at something, again, outside of us. And, yeah. and, and that's the whole problem, why people stay ignorant and stay in their suffering, because they really think, like, I am really angry at that and that needs to change instead of seeing like I'm angry and that's okay but I know that it's not the reason that that's happening I know it's still something internal right but I'm not asking reality to change for me to feel Mm. good I'm actually more interested in looking at changing myself to Mm. to 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 um yeah because I think people the people that are maybe new to spirituality Mm. or people that are further on the path anyone doesn't really matter I think we can so misinterpret like uh, um, to go beyond suffering means to be happy all the time or to not be pissed anymore. It actually right. means something so different than that. One hundred percent. Yeah. And then when we're when we're talking about like life is perfect, what it means is like life is the way that it is right now, and and it's and it's that is an underlying intelligence on everything, and I trust that. 
Um, and people might say, well, that's a mental belief. Well, even if it is, it's a useful mental belief. Mm. It makes my life way easier and happy and expanded and loving, you know. Mm. Like, that's the point, to create mm. a life that you feel more expanded and loving and you can bring that beautiful vibration to the world, to your family, to your loved ones. And it can be an experienced belief if we believe that and, and take it as an option. Yeah, and why we can not? Actually it's a belief, it can be it. a belief system. Right. It's a role. It's the same that you play the role of Thomas. You play the role of a coach, of a teacher. It's a role. You know, you choose to play a temporary role of that. Then you become a student. Then you become a podcaster. Then you become a father. You become a son. Mm. You know, and we're playing all of the roles. So this is what I asked this person once, like, who get pissed off at me saying everything is perfect or everything is the mm. way that it is. It's like, do you believe in God? Yeah. What is God? Well, God is everything. God is everywhere. Everything is plan of God and, and God is consciousness and, and, and is boundless and limitless. Then whatever, if, if you have that belief, fair enough, whatever you don't like of the world and you hate and you consciously resist, that's literally resisting God. Mm. Resisting the universe. Mm. Resisting the underlying intelligence of the universe. Mm. And in that sense, you don't want to live a life against God. Mm. You don't want to live a life against the universe. You lose. Mm. It's like you lose that you fight. You always lose. You're going to lose that fight. So, so we better embrace. I think surrender is important. Surrender. Word. But surrender comes out of radical acceptance. Right. You know, for example, this sound, you know, we're recording here. And it's like, this guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's like, you feel like, oh my God, this is like, you know, the audio and everything. And you get like, it's, it's distracting me, whatever. But then it's like, okay, I radically accept that fact. And I trust there's anything that I can consciously do. Maybe I can stand up, but no, I choose to stay here. So you surrender and you trust whatever right. it is, is the way that meant to be. Right. You know? I would like also really like to like an invitation also for people listening. What I what I find um, how I shift in this surrender because sometimes I want to surrender. I'm, I might not having my best day, and I want to get out of it, kind of, and then. Oh, but like actually I know that wanting to get out is not going to help me but actually okay, maybe I'm going to need to sit now and so I do all these things right that I'm going to start caring well for myself and I'm like okay now I'm going to do breath work and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to really surrender mm. to that experience and I feel like all of that never really helps I mm. think only the moment when I start to observe that when I start to see this little character playing out wanting to meditate to get uh, beyond this experience doing the breath work when I start to see that and don't even want to change that anymore and even see like yeah I don't even actually feel better when I see that but somehow weirdly you still following me makes mm. still make sense yeah something something deeper than shifts like mm. like you just watch the whole play I feel for me this is so obtainable and I think also I feel these are glimpses of subtlety of mm. of enlightenment of when we can and, and I feel Full enlightenment would be that we constantly to see this character playing out. But I feel people sometimes put enlightenment and, and freedom too much on a pedestal. I think it's so quickly here when we just observe literally this, what we're doing right now as the non-doer. Mm. Surrendering, surrendering to what we cannot control, which is basically everything, <laughs> you mm. know. Of course, you can think about, you can hack some things, you know, you can, you can control if you're feeling cold, you can control to, you know, to make yourself warmer with a soup or with a hot do, shower. Do we, do we even control that? Is there free will? 
yeah, maybe not. Maybe the the shower will not even will not work that day. You know. But is it, are um, we even the ones choosing that we are gonna? Well, try something. You do, could, what, do you have belief? You that? could potentially believe that you are the one controlling that. Right. You know, and fair enough. But ultimately, we don't. Even our life, you know, we're gonna mm. die anyway, all of us. And that's a pretty good concept to meditate on. You right. know, the Stoics were talking about memento mori, remember death, right. constantly remember death. And and this is a, it's not a sad, nostalgic thing. It's a it's an invitation for us to remember the precious of life, to do what we really want to do in this life but also to understand the impermanence and to understand the practice and integrate the practice of surrendering what we're talking and trust that you don't control even when you're going to die how you're going to die potentially um and and you're not immortal you know you're not here forever at least in this embodied form so yeah death is is, is the ultimate surrendering mm. you know you 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 okay by ego you know by this physical body by you know what's going to happen next that's another discussion but um, that's the ultimate surrender and and we don't control I mean you just born you didn't even you at least consciously you didn't okay I'm gonna born right now you know at least consciously uh, or at least in this form you didn't choose that you know because you didn't have a brain at that moment you know maybe in a subtle it's super interesting what you're saying maybe right in, in subtle realms you did but but that's another discussion the thing is just if you cannot control even that a, let me finish if you cannot, if you cannot control even that, just like literally, very, very, very little. Whatever we we think we control, I think it's just part of the game. You know, the hot shower that I say, or the warm soup, it's just part of the game. You know, uh, there is certain rules, anti dharma. You know, certain uh, rules of the universe that you can play within in this little game. You know, all of this is a cosmic game for me. It's a cosmic joke, some kind of movie. There's certain thing that you are playing around, you know, playing different roles, temporary different role, but everything is a constant shape, change and shift. So what you're talking right now is like the art of surrendering and the art of radical trust. Yeah, that you get a glimpse of freedom. Ultimate freedom, it comes as an outcome of that. Absolutely. Yeah, and I also think what you just said about um, the whole question if we choose to come here, some people believe we choose this life before and that we choose the whole play of our lives, including all the troubles. But putting that aside, the fact that we, if we didn't choose to come here, or that all of a sudden we are here, and also the fact that now we are here, you cannot choose to not exist the next moment, like suicide is some kind of option. But if you put that to the side, you cannot stop existing now, you cannot stop existing now, and not now. So. And during that time, like what, so we can, apparently we can choose at each moment something or we cannot choose, but basically we also don't really have a choice whether we exist. So what choice do we really have? Mm. You know, I think if you really penetrate in and really, really feel into this, like, I feel your sense of doership and your sense of who am I mm. can really start to dissolve here. Yeah. I'm just here. Yeah. I am. <laughs> Right. I'm not even sure what I'm going to say the next moment right. going to come out of my mouth and all the time I am right yeah it's it, everyone listening this probably had an experience that you were like oh what just happened mm. uh, in, in which moment you planned that mm. in which moment you planned the life that you have right now in which moment because certain circumstances just happened to you and you end up 
living in Portugal in a little town? Like, when did you really plan that? You know, when when did you really plan uh, to end up living with this person here or doing that or whatever? Everyone could experience that, you know, and we like to think we have control. We, we love that. I think as human beings, we're obsessed with controlling things. You know, a virus come against the virus. The virus is the evil, you know, and I remember having a, a good friend in Bali. He say, yeah, is 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 the virus if it's created or not created and people and if people meant to die about the virus, maybe it's what meant to happen. Many, many people, you, you may imagine how many haters against him, you know, it's like, mm. what are you talking about? People, we need to fight against this. Mm. We need to like, what if we're meant to die, you know? Mm. And, and, and that's, that's part of the plan that that's nature doing its thing, you know, mm. to preserve itself. That's part of the purpose and the dharma of the existence. Human beings haven't here before. Mm. Haven't, in the cosmic timeline, human beings are pretty new. And maybe boop, we're out. Mm. However, consciousness will take different forms. You know, consciousness need a form. Mm. That's the whole tantric principle of Shiva and Shakti. There's no Shakti without Shiva. There's mm. no Shiva without Shakti. Consciousness and matter. That's metaphysics. You know that that um, uh, what modern science also are talking about. Uh, we're talking about matter and antimatter and all of that. Uh, and consciousness will manifest into. But consciousness is, is like consciousness itself you know you were talking about can i be non-existent or can i be not conscious it's like consciousness is just consciousness even if you die you know as, a, as an individual human being so so yeah all of this popery of, of, of a spiritual ranting that we're doing here is it's fun but also for me it's very useful you know to tap into to tap into uh a life that to me is worth it you know and this is a little bit of like summarizing and coming back to your core question um, in the last retreat I went my teacher say why are you here and I, I didn't I didn't have an answer like why I came to this retreat you know that we're gonna just explore spiritual tantric wisdom and, and meditating I mean why and then I just came with the most simpler answer ever which is like and I told him I'm just here because spiritual wisdom and exploring into all of that. I might be wrong. I might be right. I might be talking bullshit since this podcast started. Maybe none of this is true. However, all of these things that I have been discovering, that I'm implementing, implementing in my life, it just make my life way easier, mm. way more loving, way more connected, way more expanded. And I'm committed to build a life that is worth living in a sense that I that I take the best out of this experience. Because if we are in this form, as we choose or not, <laughs> why not, right? Why not? And there's different maps and structures that can help you for that, you know, different system, different canvas. But let's try to take the best possible experience for that. And and I desire not only that for me, I desire it for you. And I desire it for everyone who's listening and for the people in the street. Why? Because we don't like when people suffer, you know? If, if you see an old woman here walking, the, the, the old woman who was like here not long ago, and he fall or, or he get like a rock in her head, how do you feel? That's the first reaction. Mm. Help. Mm. Right? Mm. Tensions. Like you felt it. Mm. It hurts you. What is saying that? Naturally. You are her. 
you feel her and you want to help in that moments of like <gasps> shocking moments boom that's like opportunities for awake oh i feel that connection with her i never met her before you know and but all the spiritual wisdom that you have been studying it helps you to understand that you have a frame for that mm. you understand it mm. when all these books there that, that i can see people cannot see them but we maybe <laughs> all these books there they're just tools that can help you to 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 give it a a a and a, a, a more rational, fair enough, construct, right. understanding for you to map what just happened with that woman. And that makes your life easier. So and makes your I, life think, happier. I think sometimes what I see in the spiritual world is that because it's a lot about meditation and you learn to not identify with the mind and, and the ego. And I think sometimes uh, the ego gets a bad rap, but I think also sometimes the intellect gets a bad rap. And I think actually the intellect is very very powerful and we can be very lost in our intellect too and this can get us very far away from what we're actually looking for but actually to consciously use our thinking to create mental maps about how this reality works also mm -hmm. to let go of the many instincts right never to to attach to them too much but it makes the world of difference mm -hmm. for the sustainability of your journey to understand what the hell is going on like i remember when i first started to have my first moments of awakening um they were not very grounded at all yeah i needed to get maps i needed right, to right, hear right, all right. the different 100%. angles in the books and from the teachers to yeah the, the other day i wrote down in social media about it and this guy answered me and he said like maps will never never i was talking about maps right he was like your post Maps will never ever describe reality as it is. Right, so, and so this radical. is bullshit. Right? <laughs> we hear a lot of stuff in social media. This yeah. is bullshit and so on. However, uh, it's true what he said. Maps will never show reality as it is, but will, but will help you to get there. Right, the finger, the finger pointing what? to the moon can never be the moon. Right, right. exactly. It's like Bruce Lee teaching. If you want to go to Lisbon from here, you have Google Maps. When you reach Lisbon, you get rid of Google Maps. Mm. You're not gonna look at Google Maps with how Lisbon looks. Yeah, I came to <laughs> I came to this place with Google with with Waze. That was right. my map. Right. So useful, so important, so needed. I would never ever would have make it without the map. I arrive here, I let go of the map, and I and I nourish myself into the experience of being here with you. Right. It's not that beautiful. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, there are canvas that help us to, exp to explore. And that can be spiritual wisdom, all these books, mantras, whatever the mantra is, you know. One of my teachers, he meditates with Coca-Cola. As a mantra? Yeah. Who is that? I think I, I've seen it. Alejandro Khodorovsky, the one that I was talking to you before. He was saying, yeah, you use a mantra. Do you know Francis Lucille? Whatever. He also uses Coca-Cola. Okay. <laughs> so maybe it's pretty famous. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but he was saying, like, doesn't ma doesn't really matter. You focus your mind into one thing so you can have this like one point in that experience you right. know you 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 control your mind so so you somehow master your mind and then you can let go your mind yes. um and let go of the one who is letting go your mind mm -hmm. <laughs> paradoxically you know um and whatever tool is it maybe it's coca-cola and he's saying i can repeat coca-cola 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 and until there's nothing else in the world just coca-cola until and then i leave it and then I drop the mantra. Mm. So what is left after? Well, the experience. Right. Just, just that. <laughs> nice.
So, um, I think always these podcasts mm-hmm. where there's more time to speak about things are really interesting moments to, to you know, what we've already been doing to dive deeper into things, but also to um, maybe debunk some myths and to bring some more understanding around maybe complex topics we speak about. So, for example, um, one I really like to bring up is, is Tantra again. Mm-hmm. Um, because I like to use the word Tantra too. I think it's I think it's a special tradition and a lot of nuance to it. But what is the biggest misunderstanding people have about Tantra that you would love to debunk once and for all? <laughs> I think the biggest misunderstanding is that Tantra is all about enhancing pleasure. Right. Having multiple orgasms. Right because the sexual pleasure is the biggest pleasure so basically you enhance pleasure as a tool to expand your ability to 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 orgasm and experience pleasure right. somehow there's another misunderstanding that is all about healing sexual healing using sex for healing using this for healing and you can heal your traumas and stuff like that for one of my tantra teachers healing was completely irrelevant and everyone's like, what, what are you talking about? People are coming with a lot of trauma and problems here and you're talking about that healing is not relevant. He's like, if you start from the word healing, you're starting from that you're not complete, mm. that you're not whole, you're broken. that you're fucked. Mm. And we don't start from that perspective of Tantra. Why? Because when you integrate the fact to certain spiritual wisdom and certain practices, certain guides, of course, like mentoring and the support of your teacher and, and, and this practice itself, when you tap into the essence nature, everything else dissolves in meaningless, including your self-proclaimed issues mm. and trauma that is constructed over on top of the ego. Mm. The ego is already constru- is a construct. Mm. You know, you have a, an, a, 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 a whole set of past images, picture of yourself, you put them together, you give them a shape, a little bit of mm. color, boom, you have your ego. This is what you think you are. Right, or to On make, make, it, make, make it practical, I, for example, when we say like, I am depressed. My doctor said I'm depressed. Exactly. And I'm a depressed person and I need to solve my depression. On top of that ego, you, you create all of that. Which, right. yeah, it fucked your life. It's, it's, it's difficult, you know. Right. And, and you need, probably you need to do something about it. Something about it. And, and therapy might be useful, you know. I'm not right. saying like, I'm not, I'm not diminishing. I mean, I have been there. You have been there. You know, we both have been there in pretty dark spaces. And and think about that. If you, fuck, I feel so bad. I'm, I'm traumatized. I need to heal. I need to get somewhere. You know, you're not starting from that space. But what if I give you the experience? Not precisely me, but, but you get the experience. Boom. That, wow, I can tap into my core essence nature. And then you think about the trauma and it becomes irrelevant. And that happened to me in deep state of meditation. That happened to me in plant medicine as well. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, the two times that I've been experienced that. Or should I say in deep meditation and orgasm, mm-hmm. you know, where you tap into samadhi. Mm-hmm. And in samadhi or in a state of like deep connection and really, really connected with your essence nature, that dissolves in meaningless. So coming back to your question, the first thing, the pure misunderstanding of Tantra that is all about pleasure. No, Tantra is all about freedom. Mm-hmm. Potentially, you might use certain practices that involve sexual energy as, 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 as one possibility 
to tap them to into freedom. As a horse that they're gonna ride towards liberation. But it's not about the horse. You know, we come back to the map, you know, you're using it as a tool to, to, to tap into your, your state of, of Satchidananda, your state of bliss, your state of freedom. Um, but mantra, you know, specific meditations. In classical tantra, there is like a lot of, it's, it's a meditative practice. Mm. It's a meditative practice that involves Silent. attention, breath, visualization, a lot of stuff. And there's some ritualistic things, especially related with the left hand practices of tantra that involves sexual practices or some stuff that are more transgressive against the, the morality and there was an intention for that. Definitely. But it's about freedom. It's not about enhancing pleasure. You potentially could use pleasure as one of the tools to tap right. into your, your essence nature. Right. You know, and healing is, is the same. You know, the, the healing is another misconception about tantra. It's like sexual healing in tantra is like People talk a lot about that uh, in the Neo-Tantra perspective, in the Neo-Tantra narrative. And on the, my perspective, uh, that doesn't make much sense with the core message of Tantra, which is an invitation to tap into your core essence nature and then healing, trauma and everything becomes, it dissolves. Mm -hmm. So you, okay, it, it's, it's, you can understand it as a middle term, let's say, as, as, a, as a beautiful potential side outcome, healing, you know, of, of tapping into who you really are. That's our, the biggest, I think, misunderstanding of, of the modern narrative of Tantra. Mm. Too much about enhancement. Yeah. Becoming better, having a better experience. Anything in Tantra, anything that is about, let's do something to change Exactly. The actual moment, so we can tap into something ecstatic. Right. Hopefully, hopefully we do this and we tap into something something ecstatic. Slash resisting your actual present experience, mm. that is is has nothing to do with tantra. Mm. Maybe something else. And fair enough, could be useful, could be powerful, could be beautiful, could be ecstatic. Uh, you might want to do it sometime. That you know, whatever it is do something actually to tap into an ecstatic experience mm. why not but when we're talking it's about that right yeah yeah it's about participating Shiva doesn't well. change and you know <laughs> if you can do it consciously you can do it unconsciously i mean it's, it, i guess it's part of this game and part of the practice but if we come back to the core message of tantra is 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 acknowledging that you know it's like i'm whole i'm complete i'm divine not me in this sense, me in this sense, mm. this sense. I love that silence. There's no much silences in podcasts nowadays. It's good. I feel people are very afraid of silences. Absolutely. And actually, what we are talking about, the best thing to experience it is we would have both not spoken a word. <laughs> yeah. You passed. That would be the best. The me. best podcast ever. The most just, spiritual podcast just, ever. Just the bell and then. Hi, we're starting this one-hour podcast <laughs> with Thomas, and then like fifty-six minutes, one hundred eight minutes <laughs> of total silence. I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna upload that. Yeah. That's an amazing idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Make a statement. Good, good, let's do it. I will listen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
Nice. Um, um, to break the silence again, because I think there are a lot of interesting things to speak about. Mm-hmm. One question that I find very relevant now I've been on my spiritual journey for a couple of years um, is that I see that I could have told my younger self things that mm. would have helped my younger self a lot. Things that I took a long time for to find them out. Mm. Um, for example, I could have given myself the permission earlier to go all in on my spiritual journey. I was kind of postponing it. I went to my first retreat, but then I went back into many things that actually didn't really resonate because I had ideas that I had to try in normal life instead of how society predicts it. And it was the best choice ever to just go fully on my spiritual path. Mm. So for example, this is one of them. Do you have something you would like to tell your younger Sebastian self five or ten years ago to help him on a spiritual quest? Mm. I, I haven't done this exercise. Um, connecting with your past self or your future self ultimately time is not linear and and i think it's everything's multi-dimensional everything is happening right now somehow mm. uh but before we go deep into the metaphysics <laughs> of time which is interesting as well uh, you can access to your own and, and future self you know and there's interesting practice that you can do just meditating on that and when i come back and visit my old self i just wink my eye That's the only thing I've done. I love that. And and when I'm meditating, not knowing what to do, not knowing what's gonna happen, and I call my future self to come and save my ass, he come and he say, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's somehow is coming back it's to. Kind of like you're safe. No word. It's it's fine. It's like, fine. It's like it's good. It seems, like, really, it seems so dense now, but it's fine. You're about to do cocaine, and we can get good at cocaine if you want. You know, um, makes me think of a quote of Osho. I think he said like laughter is the one of the best ways to break your ego or something. I sometimes I had the other day at the session with my one of my clients, really beautiful session we had, and he was t- telling me about his problems, and it was, seemed really dense, and I could really see him like kind of, he was almost like shrinking talking about it you know really like voice softer and like really like oh reality is so bad and like weaker um, weaken, weakening himself to his words and i was kind of looking at it and from the most compassionate place i couldn't help but just to smile mm-hmm. and like and like actually laugh a little bit and actually when he saw me laugh he he, he kind of like woke up out of it too and i was like mm-hmm. oh wow actually indeed i'm taking things very seriously but if i just see also the cosmic joke in my own seriousness mm. i penetrate directly through the denseness yeah. of this experience right so that's a little bit that wink of your older self yeah right yeah yeah it's, it's you could understand it like that um not laughing in the sense of that you're making fun of it <laughs> because because we have been experiencing some intense moments in our lives totally, you know? totally. And, and i remember being in deep 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 pain and i would come back and i would like i will hu- that that wink represents a hug you know mm. I'm, I'm i'm here and it's fine it's okay mm. but whenever it's like don't do that or go this way mm. that that wouldn't make any sense to me mm. you know because probably that's answer that that's the answer that people might be expecting you know mm. it's like 
oh go to the past so you can change that or mm. well that 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 was whatever happened it, it was a, a step forward as an opportunity you know to come back home or to bring you here to this conversation to bring you whatever you are in life um so so yeah it, it's, it's maybe more in a sense of taking out the seriousness about it mm. it's like oh it's not the end of the world mm. you know it's not the end of the universe um but also to tell you come back to what we were talking before to tell to tell myself to to trust to that 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 sometimes gets stormy you know and and it sometimes gets stormy yeah and it right. gets really dark right and, and it rains strong and it gets so fucking cold right and there's like shh, thunders and everything and it and it, it feels uncomfortable yes mm. it feels intense yes but you know what that wing represent there is a sun that is always shining mm. above all of these temporary little clothes and sun is immense is huge is warm and hot and it's and it's and it's always there mm. and just trust you mm. know and, and this is what i would tell somebody who is in a scare literally of a storm you're gonna pass mm. you know literally i remember being in two luminous strong storm i was mm. looking up everything was dark and, and thunders and everything and it's like wow there's a sun after all of this you know when you are in the plane and turbulence and a little bit like black everything and then suddenly everything is blue and the sun is shining it's like wow this has been always there mm. that was did wink represent mm. you know especially in that difficult moments they're difficult they're intense they're challenging and but it's part of the experience totally yeah <laughs> and and you rather accept and surrender to the experience and, and that will bring you a lot of a lot of wisdom right for yourself in the future or for other people right right to trust the waves mm. as well that's sort of how it sounds to me trust the waves trust the clouds yeah trust also this darkness it's mm. okay yeah yeah the light will come again exactly yeah. and i'm not saying it's, it's, i think i feel that has been one of the biggest ones for me actually to to understand that whatever uh, uh thing i might be facing that feels like it's pulling me off my center which was another idea that my center is bliss and that everything else is not that it's all transient so my bliss is transient that I think I'm spiritually awakened is transient, that I think I've lost my awakening is transient, that I'm depressed is transient. It's all just movement. Yeah, it's not gonna last. Well, and this is important point because then, then the natural question you will start asking, what is permanent? Mm. You know, and it's very simple. Also, what what is that aspect of me slash reality? Uh-huh. That after I recognize that my bliss, my suffering, the storm, even the sun <laughs> yeah. is impermanent, is transient. That's the natural question, a powerful question. Then what is that aspect of reality or aspect of the existence or aspect of myself? If I see myself as part of existence, that is ever present, that doesn't change. I'm actually here right now. Huh? And actually here right now too. 
here right now. Yeah, yeah, not not again something we can find the next moment, but what's already present exactly. and right now. Exactly, exactly. And well, a whole bunch of spiritual, you know, wisdom and text and system have been built on that. Just you know, this. Some people some people might say the only thing that is the only thing that is permanent is change. And if you take it a little bit more further than that, you know, there's a spiritual Hindu spiritual system that says that above all of this, there is something that doesn't change in Java. They call it Purusha. Um, uh, in Tantra, they might call it Shiva or they might call it the goddess, depends on the tradition, you know. In some, in, in, I have an Advaita Vedanta teacher who say like awareness. Awareness is, is ever, is, is above above again it's not above or below but it's like it's beyond everything or, or is ever present you know so you tap into your your awareness itself and finding yourself in awareness you can tap you, you can somehow create that perspective we were talking before to see oh all of this is changing all of these clouds all of these thoughts all of these lives mm. all of this name all of these experiences all of these dimensions all of these planets, mm. all of these multiverses, mm. <laughs> all of, yeah, all of these romances, all of these pain, uh, and that perspective, it's so useful, it's so powerful. Detach yourself with the ownership of the anger or the fear or whatever experience you have is happening. Can you sit down and observe? Tapping into the observer is a key, key, key mm. practice in yoga, in the yoga mm. tradition. You train your mind to tap into that. Mm. Um, but yeah, but in different traditions, is is the same, you know. It's an interesting question to ask. I'm not here to reveal any answer, but to start asking, well, the, which aspect of reality of me is just there always? Mm. And can I just, just breathe for a moment within the question? And maybe, yeah, maybe we're going to get a glimpse of something that we haven't experienced before. I am, I like to call it. Mm. If someone wants to get a taste of that right now, me, what has been the most profound teaching is actually this book. I am that from Nisargadatta Maharaj, which was a, a cigarette smoking man from Mumbai. <laughs> so you have to imagine he was teaching very deep stuff in the middle of this crowded busy bustling city mm. and spiritual seekers from all over the globe would come to him and he he you could call it the direct path that he was teaching because he didn't speak about any asanas or any pranayamas he needed to do any not, not any breath work he didn't need to first purify your mind and your thoughts no he was his only pointer was dwell on the sense i exist i am mm. and just stay in that If you want the book, uh, you can order to Thomas. He's selling it. That's why he's promoting it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Link in bio. Yeah. Your real self never dies. You say. The real does not die. The unreal never lives. Once you know that death happens to the body and not to you, you just watch your body falling off like a discarded garment. The real you is timeless and beyond birth and death. The body will survive as long as it is needed. It is not important that it should live long. 
don't think this is best quote it's on the cover i don't uh, sometimes i really understand that this one is on the cover but um, um <laughs> it's so fierce it can push people the other way um, but yeah just the i am i am and uh, i feel it's what all the all the all the teachings point to the i am and they describe it in so many different ways when jesus spoke about heaven it's the i am when the hindus talk about shiva mm. it's the i am it's shiva is the god that is like like present and 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 like like a rock and and always always here and 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 shakti is like the movement of, of everything that's matter so shakti is feminine but literally that means also that this masculine body is part of shakti of the mm -hmm. feminine and shiva is the i am shiva is the one being able to observe all of that mm. yeah i love that mm. <laughs> <laughs> being in a position of an observer is so useful even if you are very pissed at traffic if you're hot and there is traffic and you're late for your meeting and and you hear people like making the 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 sound and screaming and, and everything is annoying you literally visualize yourself like like a drone recording you from higher and more higher and higher and higher and everything from that perspective looks so chill and beautiful and peaceful look at this line of cars and silence you know yeah. and some clouds and that's wow that's the existence yes. so beautiful but when you are there you lose perception of yeah. what it is for yeah. real you know it's like if you really immerse into something you are not you're not aware of that something right you know many people are not aware of the of, of the energy of the feminine that you were describing because we are that right you know and and that's tricky because that's going against what we are you know right. you're resisting your true nature which is which is this ever-changing nothing is transcendent everything is in a constant flow and dance so we're in the middle of things we forget about it so creating the perspective and observing from 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 the observer it's really helpful like literally literally imagining a drone shot of where are you all oh, this problem all oh, this pain and then Wow, it's like from a movie. It's like becoming it, lucid in your dream. It's like becoming lucid in your dream. It's not seeing this reality any different than your dream at night. Also, this reality you first misidentify and then you can become lucid. Mm. But most people are not lucid and they're completely immersed mm. in it. Perspective is huge. That's why many people find a lot of relief when they feel uncomfortable about something by journaling mm. or painting or mm. dancing because you're bringing your internal experience into a piece of paper, mm. then you're creating a, a, a perspective, a wider perspective of what's going on, mm. and then you can relax. Mm. Well, you can do that mentally, mm. you know? And, and it's a very practical thing. Therefore, if you take this into a more metaphysical, deep, ultimate spirituality, that's basically being the total observer of the whole life experience, mm. you know, what we were talking before. Um, so yeah, that's why spirituality is really practical. It's something you can you can have these little hacks that can make your life easier mm. and 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 happier, you know, mm. and more connected. And we do this not only for us, you know, we do it for for other people. We do it for our family. You want to show up with your partners. You want to show up within your community. Full totally. power. And I think there's also the more practical part of spirituality because I. Um, I feel we when like this this what we speak about like consciousness Shiva the open sky 
it's this you could call it self-realization and, and that is kind of like one dimension we try to penetrate into with that we try to experience mm -hmm. and glimpse and that's powerful but it doesn't mean that all this movement in it is not of any importance it doesn't mean we should dismiss it i feel that's also really what tantra is all about because i sometimes feel that people from more transcendent paths they talk about oh that's just the world or that's just my little character but actually i feel what i how i perceive tantra it, it gives more credit to that and we actually um really give a lot of meaning to helping the grandmother pass the street or mm -hmm. to make sure that people actually feel good within this life mm. with also the pleasures of life right with the nice taste of the food with the intimacy with enjoying nature to the fullest that that for me that's also why tantra resonates yeah Tan tantra is very relevant for every single spiritual practitioner spiritual seeker mm. in the modern time especially not as an extra path i mm. think it's a very relevant for everyone it's multi-dimensional it's multi-dimensional definitely and and it has a special significance for anybody right now because before the spiritual practices was designed for people who renounce life you know you, exactly. if you see the monks transcending they go okay i'm away from this exactly know? i'm not in town not with a boss not dealing with money not dealing with sex not dealing with marriage not dealing with hair mm. not dealing with clothes mm. Nothing. You mm -hmm. go to the temple or you go to the mountain. You go with your guru and you, you are out there practicing. But you Tantra see was the, too. Tantra is one of the very, very, very first spiritual system was designed for a practitioner who decide to engage with life. The householder. The householder, mm. right? And if you're listening to this through your AirPods, watching this on YouTube, using technology from the comfort of your house, after paying your taxes, after having sex, or before going to party, you're somebody who's participating and engaging. Tantra is very, very, very relevant for the modern spiritual seeker. So it's not just an extra path. And as you said, it's a, it's a system that embraces, as you say, the multidimensionality, mm -hmm. you know, the every single aspect of you. And you know? the transcending but also in how do we embody this in the world. It's not liberation from the world, it's liberation in the world. Is it, is it like, uh, is it, because now you phrase it like an or, or, but isn't it also like an end, end? It's also liberation from the world, so it's end we inquire into what is it already depends. beyond, and end uh, we, we are in Yeah, the yeah, yeah. It depends because liberation from the world, you already want to liberate yourself from somewhere, you know, mm. like the concept of salvation in, in many of the Abrahamic uh, religions, you know, who are like, hope you at some point somebody's going to save you, you mm. know, Christ is going to save you. Mm. That understanding that is going to be a savior or it's going to be a kingdom of heaven if you do right, if you do good, some like a future experience or something like that. Uh, this is this is about tapping into freedom but right now here and right now exactly. there's nothing else i think it's also very misunderstood when we speak about like enlightenment and self-realization and consciousness and heaven uh, because or or to get freed from the world because it sounds like we still change something but we actually freedom from the world is actually by looking at what is already free from the world so this is really beyond any experience mm. we're not 
again t- trying to feel free mm. you're actually looking at what's already beyond can, can you it's literally can you be here with me in this moment like th- that's a good little practice you can mm. do you know that's an, a very very powerful tantric mm. practice you can do can you sit down with 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 your own body can you what is present for you right now with emotions can can you breathe into that emotion can you embrace that as 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 as, as just consciousness um you know vibrating into a specific frequency you can say can you observe that oh i feel sad that's bad that's so mentally mentally narrow you know can you like wow can, can, this is this is consciousness manifesting itself in different forms one form is this experience that i call it sadness well it's a specific vibration can i just be with it oh for some reason you are aware of this within the field of consciousness in your individual consciousness you are aware of this experience can can you be with that can you be with that connection with you're having with somebody else in this conversation can can you just be here present it's like oh i'm worried about this oh i feel like this also uh, and I need to do this, like I'm worried about this, I'm projecting a lot of stories and, and mental crap based on all belief system in you, in this experience, mm-hmm. in me, instead of... <sighs> well, enlightenment. <laughs> Welcome to enlightenment. Why enlightenment? Because of the light of awareness. Mm-hmm. It's turning on exactly. the torch. Now you can see. Now you are aware of what is present. And it was already on. It was already there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah, it just turned on the light. It was already there. And now you are aware because of you put the light of awareness into it. Beyond this is wrong, this is bad, this could be better, this could be worse. That just embracing everything. And embracing your multidimensionality as well, because sometimes you feel like crazy. Mm. How can you be with this craziness? If you make it really practical, how do you feel right now? <laughs> You can, I feel, you know, I, I feel, and I feel a, a whole potpourri of things. I am aware of a whole potpourri of things. Mm. I notice, uh, you know, my palms, and I notice my excitement, and I notice also my gratitude, and I can, and I can access my nervousness. I can access my wariness. Mm. Like it's like, wow, interesting, mm. beautiful. Mm. You know, this is this is the multidimensionality of myself. You know, <sighs> I'm gonna breathe into all of that, mm. and and this is this is reality revealing itself to mm. me. I'm aware of that. It's God revealing itself to me. Is God is is reality revealing itself to me, and and I'm aware. Mm. <laughs> I think I think it's a powerful question. How do you feel? Because um, uh, just a second. Oh, this is like the flavor space. Mm. Did so it we just happen? With that one. We continue with that one. Hello, that one. <laughs> um, I remember uh, um, I had a relationship uh, with someone. Uh, this was three years ago, and. Uh, she kind of really cracked a part of me open because every time I would see her, she would ask me first thing, 
how are you feeling? What how are you doing? How are you feeling? Mm. And this relationship was built upon a lot of trust and honesty also. Like we really wanted to bring everything up that was there. It was such a high value of the relationship. And so I was always really um, honestly feeling into her questions. And she would often come by my work where I wasn't very happy at that time. And I would, was kind of like suppressing this feeling. And she would ask, she would come by, hey, how are you? Give me a kiss. How are you feeling? And wow, like the more she asked this question, the more she was like kind of like dragging a part out of me that was like actually really about being felt. And um, yeah, I think this is where spirituality becomes very real because I remember also at that time I just came back from India and I was actually coming back from the with the bliss. I just did the 10 day Vipassana and, um, and one part of my reality was so blissful and so calm and I could sit on on, on a bench in the park and not do anything and, and, and just feel bliss. But I was there was also a part of me that was not being felt and yeah, really asking ourselves this question, how am I feeling or how are you feeling? Um, is one of the most honest things we can do. Mm -hmm one of the most uh, penetrative things. Yeah. Constantly over and over, how are you feeling? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's revealing your experience, you know, revealing first your experience to yourself. Um, that's where it starts, right? That's where it starts, and then people, people really want to be like, Many people, including me, want to be like authentic. Everyone's like being authentic, authentic expression. When I ask people who join my courses, I ask, while you're joining, I want to tap into my authentic self. Okay, what does it mean? Right. They want to learn to express themselves authentically with others, with their lovers and everything. If you want to build conscious, meaningful, intimate relationship with other people, you want that, tr that, that radical vulnerability and openness, mm -hmm. you know, so they can meet you with who you are. Right. Uh, but then are you being honest with yourself mm -hmm. and are you creating the spaces for you to start asking that type of question? Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? Mm -hmm. What is present for me? And honor that. Mm -hmm. So like the first, as you say, the first thing is to start communicating that with yourself, right? Then you train that. Then you're able to potentially express that with other right. people. And, and this is how you build conscious, meaningful relationships. It's a mm -hmm. process of self-awareness, self-reflection, self-integration, mm -hmm. uh, self-refinement, you know, self-recognition, um, and then you you bring this into into the the external experience we can call it that involves other people, and and this is what conscious relationship happens. People are like, how to build conscious relationship? How to? I want more intimacy with honest. with my partner. I want to have better sex with my partner. Well, first of all, tap into real intimacy, mm. and real intimacy is about truth, not about mm. sex. Mm. It's about honesty. It's about being honest with how you're feeling and what is mm. present for you and revealing that experience to your loved ones. But then what is before that is doing the same with yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's the practice time. This is when the spiritual wisdom becomes so practical in that sense. Mm. This is when meditation becomes so practical in that sense because then you're meditating, you're dating yourself. You're sitting down with yourself for an hour. Mm. How many people are sitting down with themselves for a little bit? Dating yourself. Mm. Oh, here I am with all my 
archetypes, you know, dancing, mm. and and my feelings and my emotions. Mm. And all of them, right? All mm. my excitement, all my aspirations, those, all my doubts, all, all my, my doubts, all my, my worries, my fears. Yeah. Fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Like, mm, I still accept myself. I mm. fucking accept myself, and I love myself. Or actually, don't even accept myself, and it's also there. Okay, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be there. I right? accept the fact that I don't accept myself. Exactly. I think that's what we, like a lot of people don't accept themselves. Mm. But if Fair we want to yeah. get a lot further, then we need to start there. Can I accept that? Then I accept the fact that I cannot accept this yes. in this moment. Yeah. You know, and but ultimately, yeah, not accepting the fact that you need to bring conscious effort to something. But mm. I'm aware of this. And awareness softens, 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 softens. It's the light of awareness. It's like, wow, this is it, you know? And it softens because there's no more, oh, shit, what is there? You know this, you know this uh, story about there is like a very, very dim light in a room and you go into this room and you see a snake and you get scared and you like throw things towards the snake and things fall, you break things and then somebody turn on the light and it's a belt mm. hanging off the mm. light of awareness. Mm. You soften into mm. it. You relax. You surrender. Beautiful. Mm. I think I'm, uh, if I'm really honest how I'm feeling, I think I'm uh, uh, feeling ready for dinner if I'm being honest. I think it's going to be a lot. Um, I don't even know how long has been, how, how long has been. Well, I think one and a half hours. But timeless. Right. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Is there any last thing you wanna you wanna um, add before we're gonna end this podcast? Oh, I just I feel like sharing a two things. One of them is um, that things can get really difficult sometimes. Mm. You know, people when listen to this might think that that somehow when you get it, you get it, and then it's the end of suffering forever, things get difficult, and it gets difficult for me often, and and, and we, we bring all of this stuff into practice, mm. you know, and, and, and see if we can take, if, if we can create a perspective we're talking, create that acceptance, create that trust, that surrender, all of this concept, so we can show up better for ourselves and for others, that's the point. You know, that's the point. So I love that. So make it not only about yourself. Yeah, exactly. And the second thing that I want to say is like, don't ever accept anything that I am saying or you are saying mm. here is like, maybe all of this is, is total crap. Mm. Uh, bring contemplate, you know, like one of my teachers say, do not accept, do not reject. Mm. Contemplate. Mm. And when you contemplate, you sit down and say, you open yourself to possibilities. This is really one of my favorite things. Um, I've been learning from you, this sentence. <laughs> yeah, in yeah, any, sure. In, any, in, anything, in anything that, and this comes from my teacher, and this comes from the teacher of my teacher, and then sure, we keep all, spreading yeah. this word. But when you don't accept radically, you're not like being, being, a, being a very, being a fool, you know. Mm. Okay, whatever you tell me is true. No. But also whatever you tell me is not true. No. Can you sit down, lay back and say, hmm, interesting. This is what is your experience. Let's see how this applied to me. Mm. You know, let's see if I can access that. 
let's see if I can set myself a space that I can potentially access certain things that these people are talking. Uh, interesting, but I'm not interested. Cool. Fair enough, you know, but you don't need to absolutely reject anything of the things that we shared today or the book that you're reading of your other teacher, but do not accept also an invitation to sit down, contemplate and let your own experience of your own right life reveal things to you that will become your own truth. Some of things that wake, something that you may listen may waken up something inside of you. Mm, interesting. Keep it. Try it and experience it and, 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 and use it in the laboratory of yourself. Experiment with it mm. and then get your own conclusions of your own experimentation, your mm. own results. And that conclusions, that result is your truth. Mm. And when you have your truth, go there and live it. Mm. Go there and express it. Mm. That's my call. I love it. <laughs> I highly recommend also for listeners to watch Sebastian's video because it actually reminds me a lot of your message uh, on a video you posted like two or three years ago, which is how I found I found out about you. Is what is your gift? What is true to you? Mm. What are you here to share in the world? Because this sparked something in me, and I hope it sparks something in you if you're gonna watch the video as well. Um, yeah, well, thank you, man. Uh, it's fucking amazing that I've met you three years no that I've seen you three years ago for the first time two years ago on social media and that now you're sitting here in Portugal mm. um, yeah I want to thank you for being on the podcast and uh, let's go for some dinner <laughs> let's go for dinner thank you so much nice <laughs> alright boom, boom.